Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I'm JQ. And I'm Finn. And this week's episode is our top five Chinese films. Yes, it's the year of the snake this year. Um, this week is the Chinese New Year, so we decided we'd do Chinese-based th- films. Um, are we doing Japanese and Oriental as well, or just Chinese? That, w- that would be the same as if choosing top five Scottish movies and then being allowed to pick <laughs> Welsh and English and Irish movies as well. Okay, I'll just, has, it has just to remove one from my list. Right. <laughs> I, I did try and look up how to say Happy New Year in Chinese. Apparently there's two different ways. So the first is Cantonese. This is for the myriad Chinese listeners that mm. we have out there. Mm-hmm. So the first one is uh, in Cantonese. Apparently you say Gong Hao Fat Choi. That sounds good. And in uh, Mandarin you say Sing Nian Kwai Le. <laughs> there we go all I know is how to say knee high which is hello I think so would you like to go first in researching it I thought this was going to be super easy because I was just going to look up you know like there'll be like hundreds and hundreds of Chinese films and I'd be no. like yeah I've seen all of them no. most of the ones that are on my list are actually films that were made in Hong Kong but I'm taking it geographically because Hong Kong is now it is part of China now now but when most of these films were made it was still part of the british empire but i'm going to overlook that fact mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just because it's part of china i'm going to include that in it as well yeah. so that kind of gets me out of jail because <laughs> i think of the five films four of them are from hong kong right. so. <laughs> but number five for me shaolin soccer <laughs> this is my catchphrase not seen that <clears throat> i'm fr- pretty sure you're going to see that for almost all of them <laughs> on this list. uh shaolin soccer is this comedy film from 2001 directed and written by and starring this guy called Stephen Chow, who also directed and starred in a film called Kung Fu Hustle that came out a few years later. I think you've mentioned his name before. The story's about this uh, former Shaolin monk uh, who reunites with his five brothers years after their master's death and apply their superhuman martial arts skills to play soccer, as you do, and kind of bring Shaolin Kung Fu to the masses. It is stupendously ridiculous. It's a comedy film. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Um, but I really loved it, A, because I really like football, yeah. and also because it reminded me of like a kind of anime Japanese live-action version of The Hurricanes. Do you remember <laughs> a TV show called The Hurricanes? I thought you were going to say Gregory's Girl. No. No. <laughs> uh, the Hurricanes was one of the best CITV shows when was I was growing up. about football? It's That's about, why I didn't watch it. Then. Well, it's about a football team, but they're all like... It's kind of a mix between... Roy of the Rovers and Captain Planet kind of thing. Ah. That was quality. They didn't really pander to stereotypes, so the American guy up front was like this massive blonde-haired, blue-eyed jock, and of the course. Indian guy on the wing was Hindu, and he played in bare feet and stuff <laughs> like that. So, But uh, I love the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes, champion spirit is here to stay. No? Not ringing any bells? The theme bells. sounds familiar, but no. <laughs> love the Hurricanes. So, yeah, but, so Shaolin's soccer is great. Number four for me, a kind of obvious one, and the actual only fully-fledged Chinese-made Chinese movie on this list, Gretchen Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Now, I was going to put that on the list, but it's been so long since I've seen it that I can't remember it. I can remember they were sort of dancing in some bamboo with some knives flying around, but I can't, <laughs> I can't remember any more than that. That's kind of uh, really boiling the plot down to its bare essentials. Mm. It, I to, think to, it's, when did it come out? 2000. Yeah, that'd so be when I saw it. Then, so that's nearly 13 years ago. It's a long time. And to, to be fair, it's actually quite a convoluted plot. And I've yeah. got to admit, you know, the first time I watched it, I didn't really get what was going on. And to this day, I'm still kind of <laughs> don't really know. Uh, the, the kind of general story is it's a 
follows this guy called Li Mu Bai, who's like this great warrior, and for some reason decides to return his sword to a treasured friend. But the sword gets stolen and he kind of sets out to retrieve it. And he's joined on his quest by this woman called Xu Lian, who, as it turns out, is also his lifelong uh, love. But he's never really spoken to her about it and stuff, kind of standard. And kind of the, the adventure that they go on from there trying to get it back. Now, were you hardcore? And did you watch it with subtitles or did you watch the English dub? Oh, you always watch with subtitles. No, I watched it with the English dub. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The only time that I think I would do that is if you're watching something like uh, Fist of Fury or like one of the, the martial arts films where it actually it's adds funny, to the yeah. enjoyment. Yeah, because it's so appallingly uh, <laughs> dubbed. But no, I, I'd always try and watch it in the the natural... No, because I spend too much time looking at the bottom of the screen and not looking at the action that's on the screen. Or are you just not that fast a reader? I'm not that fast a reader. Nobody doesn't enjoy reading translations either. It's quite funny. When I used to work in WH Smiths when I was a student, uh, I worked in the WH Smiths in Paisley, and Paisley's not really a, an epicenter of the cultural types and people that like have an enjoyment for world cinema. You know, I, I worked in a DVD counter at the back, and quite a lot of the time we'd have people returning things. Yeah. And instead of them saying, excuse me, I didn't realise this was a foreign language film, or I didn't realise this was subtitled, or this was a French film. Yep. They just throw it down in the counter and go, uh, I can't understand this, then. it's all in foreign. <laughs> because foreign is a language which is not English. That's all other languages outside of English. And this is a broad Scottish accent, so you can't understand it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Crouching Tiger. Just it, There's parts of it that almost feels more like a ballet than a film just because the martial arts and the movement of the actors and all the set pieces is so graceful all the and watching work and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, obviously it wasn't anything new because even the Matrix came out the year before, which kind of used the same kind of type of wire work stuff a little, but it was and well, it's they did it in a different way though, didn't they? It was still kind of essentially the same thing with the way they did the wire work and it's mm. kind of exaggerated, you know, movements and jumps and stuff like that. They did it all in camera rather than using bullet time though, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I just remember because at the time it was the first, you know, Chinese movie that I'd seen like that, and it's kind of stayed with me ever yeah. since. So that's number four. Number three for me is a film called Chunking Express. Chunking Express. Chunking, Chunking Express. Yeah. It's not that you're twelve throwing from uh, Glasgow <laughs> on the way. Home. No, no. This is another film from Hong Kong. It's a story about um, it. Well, it's two separate stories told kind of in sequence. So you yep. get one for one half of the movie, then the other. The first story is about a guy who's obsessed with the breakup of his relationship and about the subsequent encounter he has with this mysterious female drug smuggler who happens to work in a kind of fast food snack bar. Yep. The second story is uh, also about a cop who is kind of lifted out of the gloom over the loss of his relationship by the attentions of this kind of quirky girl who works in the same fast food snack bar as the girl from the previous story. But mm-hmm. there's two separate girls and apart from one minor moment at the end of the first sequence and the start of the second one, the characters aren't really involved with each other at all. Right. Yeah, I won't really say too much more about the story because that's basically the whole point of the movie is, you know, is how the stories play out and stuff like that. But it's like this kind of really beautiful commentary on living in the modern world and modern relationships and looking for love. And I think particularly in huge, densely populated cities like Hong Kong or like London or something like that where the loneliness and isolation that you can often feel is quite prevalent and kind of, even though you're around I so many I spent the weekend people. with seven women in one house, I did not feel lonely <laughs> <laughs> for a long time. 
I pity you. <laughs> I pity the fool. And also as well, visually, just it's absolutely stunning. Uh, I, I'm just how old is it? It's from about ninety four, ninety five, oh, okay. I think. But I'm I'm just fascinated by the way that Asian cinema uses color in their yeah. movies. The color palettes and the schemes that they use just they're, they're so vivid and they, they bring the story to life in a way that I've not really seen in is Western movies. Because their their sort of trees and shrubs are different colors to what we've got. I don't think it's just that. It's like the way that they play with light and stuff as well, and mm. like just everything's back dropped by these really rich vivid colors and everything yeah. just stands out you know i think you're kind of blessed in a city like hong kong because you've got all the neons and yeah. the flashing yeah. lights and all these kind of things and but i just it gives such a vibrancy to the mm. to the feel of the movies so that's number three number two is a film called the killer nope not no. one. <laughs> um i chose this rather than another film which is kind of similar called hard boiled which you might have heard of before it's is really it about eggs <laughs> <laughs> It's done by the same uh, actor and director, though the director of both The Killer and Hard Boiled is John Woo. Oh, yeah, he did Face guy. Off, yeah, 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 Mission Impossible <laughs> Two, and Broken Arrow, and all that. And uh, the lead actor is a guy called Chow Yun Fat, who's done a couple of Hollywood yes, movies, but yeah, not yeah. really. I mean, he's much more famous for yeah, doing Chinese yeah. language movies. The story is kind of uh, about this guy who's an assassin. Uh, Chow Yun Fat plays this assassin who accidentally damages the eyes of this kind of lounge singer. Right. during a shootout during a hit he's a contract killer um and he later discovers that the singer if the singer doesn't have this really expensive operation she'll go blind so because he's a kind of decent sort of contract killer and course, assassin yeah, as they all are. Uh, he decides to try and get the money for her so that she can have the operation because he feels guilty and decides to perform one last hit to try and do that classic so i'll, I'll kind of leave it there you can probably work out what happens with the rest of the movie <clears> but um it, do you it, think the pope's going to perform one last mission <laughs> Before it's on. Joe Ratzinger is in his final days as Pope. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be yeah, great. Joe Ratzinger. <laughs> Who would you get to play him? Ooh, uh, maybe Christoph, the... Christoph Waltz, I'd say, yeah. is probably pretty hot to play him right now. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just an amazing action film, but it's, it's quite clever as well. It's just so stylish. And mm-hmm. if you're a fan of action movies in any way, it's definitely one worth checking out. Uh, number one for me is a film called Infernal Affairs. Infernal Affairs. Infernal, not no, internal. No, Infernal Affairs. One. You might not have heard of that, but you'll definitely be aware of its influence because it was remade by Martin Scorsese in 2006 into the Oscar-winning The Departed. Oh, right, yes. Departed is a good film. Departed's good, and while I enjoyed it, for me it's not really a patch on the original one. Yeah, well, I haven't seen the original, so... Um, it's definitely worth checking out. So the story of that one, again, it's a kind of police movie. Um, it's a story that focuses on two characters. One's a police officer who goes undercover to infiltrate the triads. Yep. And then there's another character who does the opposite, who yep. basically goes from a triad role in to try and inf- infiltrate the police. Yeah. You know, the object being to try and gain intelligence and an advantage over the other side in the kind of ongoing war between yep. the good Being guys bad, and the bad yeah. guys, yeah. Um, and as the movies unfold, uh, these glorious tensions played out where the two moles have to create greater and greater stories and lies in order to cope and try and avoid being detected. And yeah. I don't really want to spoil it, but to me, it's just one of the greatest, most clever, most tense crime movies I've ever seen. So nice. Definitely is it, is, is it the same as The Departed? Same story, same ending and whatnot? Yes. Right. Essentially. <laughs> I, I don't mean, need to see it then. <laughs> well, in, just in terms of the way it tells a story, I think, I, not not that I'm having a go at The Departed because it yeah, was yeah. a good movie and great cast and all that kind of thing, but I just preferred, it just was a bit more stylishly done and a lot more tense. 
Right. Maybe it's just because the first time I saw it, it was Infernal Affairs, so I knew what to expect when I was seeing a Departed, uh, which yes. would maybe be the other way around it yep. is for you. Yep. So I don't know. So that's my top five. What about you? You're going to hate all of my top five. Standard. Um, I can't wait. Now, I couldn't decide on number five, so I've just put anything with Jackie Chan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's done so many films, but he's pretty much the same in every one. I don't know if you... If you had to that. try and pick one out of his canon of... Well, movies. there's so many, isn't there? Uh, I think the first film I saw him in... Was he in one with Eddie Murphy? don't know. Something about Brooklyn. Jackie Chan, isn't think. it? I think that was the first one I saw him, but it's probably something like Shanghai Nights. You know, Shanghai Nights, doing, yeah. doing comedy. Um, and number four, mm-hmm. Kung Fu Panda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any properly Chinese films, so okay. I'm, I'm kind of grasping at straws here. Um, number three is Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a classic. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> really bending the rules to try and get it in there, but I, that, that's a fantastic movie. I, love uh, that. I, I really love the um, the big hats that everyone's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, The Man with the Golden Gun. Okay. Yeah. Tenuous again, but Tenuous. yeah, that's no, a good choice. It's, yeah. it's a good Bond movie, yeah. Uh, it's probably one of my favourite Bonds. And number one, Looper. <sighs> really, uh, that's such a... Uh. <laughs> It, for anybody Does, that, is it not set in China? Is the whole thing set in China? Um, the back up wall, he moves away, doesn't he, to yeah. China? So it's kind of half and half. Yeah, but... And it was paid for with Chinese money as well. Okay. Film. So, that's my number one Chinese-based film. <laughs> I just, if anybody's... If this was more difficult than the Scottish one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought this was actually slightly easier than the Scottish no, one. Because oh, you obviously bit more into cinema than I am because I don't really watch any Chinese films as soon as you said it don't watch any foreign films I was going to put Lost in Translation but that's Japanese so that is Japanese I can't put that in there there was one that I was like ah what was the name of this film what was the name of this film it was a kind of martial arts film just mental I remember watching it back in my student days and I think I'd had a wee bit to drink and I watched it and I was just blown away but um, it turns out it's Japanese as well so I had to Ah. reel it off it's a film called Shogun Assassin it was like one of those heard the name yeah uh, kind of video nasties from the eight. It's like banned from 1983 on the front yeah, cover. Yeah, yeah. It's really not that salacious at all, nah. and it's a bit mental. Like it doesn't really hang together and well. Karate but Kid's good. Japanese as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Karate Kid anyway, so I can't really you say. Seen Karate Kid? No. Great film. No. The first one's brilliant. There's so many Chinese films, or just kung fu films in general. I haven't watched. I haven't watched any Bruce Lee films. That's sad. No, that's depressing. Like yeah, he's done really some... into it because they just looked really poor and ropey. What? I, I mean, when I would have are... watched it, would have been in the era of VHS when it was difficult to get anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, it's the same way that I think looking back at horror films, because you, you grew up watching the horror films that are around just now, and you know, they're scary and frightening and stuff, and you mm. hear all these things about classic horror films, so it's like Halloween and Friday the 13th and all yeah. these kind of things. And you go back and watch those if you've grown up watching modern horror films, and you think, oh, this is really tame. This isn't really yeah. doing anything. It's a bit schlocky. It looks cheap. Special effects aren't that great. But it's just remembering that those were the trailblazers. The only reason we've got that now is because those films existed. And it's the same with the Bruce Lee films. They are a bit schlocky and not well yeah. put together and stuff. But they set the precedent for all the kind of like kung fu movies that Even have the come. Matrix. Well, exactly. And we, this should really be a top five again at some point. But there are some <laughs> great kung fu movies. So like... I don't think we'll do a tough one kung fu movie because I haven't seen any. There are some great any. films you need to kung see. Kung Fu Panda would be number one for me. Oh, dear. <laughs> there's, a great, um, there's a great film that came out uh, it's about 10 years ago, actually, now called Ong Bak. Who? I, I think it's a Thai film. 
Um, but it's with this guy called Tony Jaa and he does all of his own stunts, but right. they're just mesmerizing. It's yeah. so cool. You know the same way? Did you ever see District 13? District 9? Fre- no, District 13. It's a French movie. Is that with the little sort of puppet guy? Oh, that's 9. So I'm thinking of District 9 and 9. District yeah. 13 is the one about the guys that are like free runners. No. Uh, amazing. I mean, it's basically a movie to try and showcase their skill of doing free running. Yeah, yeah. But the story that's built around it, I, I just really enjoyed. I thought it was really cool. So, yeah, there's a, there's a huge amount of really great martial arts films, and it's only because of the precedent that was set by guys like Bruce Lee and Hollywood kind of being brave enough to adapt those films that China uh, have been making. So There yeah. you go. Should we move on to some movie news? Yeah. I've got some excellent stuff for you. You're going to be blown away by this. You're going to be so happy. Ben Stiller is back for Night in the Museum 3. Oh, saints be praised. <laughs> that is the news I've been waiting on all year. Night in the Museum was good. Night in the Museum 2 was rubbish. So God knows what they're going to do for Night in the Can Museum Can we just 3. go back to when you said Night in the Museum was good? Because <laughs> I, I've got... I thought it was a good idea come to life at the end. And uh, Dick Van Dyke's a bad guy. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. It's just, I just have very little time for Ben Stiller. <laughs> I remember going to see that in the cinema and I felt like such a grump because I came out being bored and angry that I'd paid money to go and see this <laughs> and I just didn't enjoy it at all. Didn't you even like Steve Coogan in it? No. No? I, I went to I went to see it with about five other people and they all came out going, oh, that was fun. What a laugh. That was great. And I, that just made me even angrier. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you understand? There's Chinese films out there we should be watching. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I hated the first night. Of the Fair museum, enough. So, so you won't be watching that. No. And also... I didn't know this, but the Die Hard 5 that's coming out this week, mm-hmm. it's got a 12A certificate. That's disappointing. Very disappointing. It's an R-rated in America. Was, was the last one not a 12A as well, though? It probably was, and they cut off him saying his iconic line by having a gunshot go off. So I just hope they don't do it again, because mm. it's such a big thing now that he has to say his line. And not to be you know, someone that tries to base it purely on the rating, but yeah. there's a huge difference between a 12A and a 15. I, do you know that's the reason I didn't go and see Taken 2 at the cinema? Because the, in the cinema, the theatrical release was a 12A. Really? Yeah, and I was like, I'm, I don't want to see Liam Neeson in scenes of mild peril. I want to see him <laughs> taking names and like Why? punching people's teeth through the back of their throat. Why do they do a 12A? What's the difference? Is there that many 12 to 15 year olds that are going to go to the cinema and see this film? I guess it must be something to do like that. But thankfully for the DVD release and the Blu-ray release, they've done an extended cut, which is now 15. So I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. What 12 year old do you know that's going to want to watch Taken 2? When I was 12, I was watching Bill and Ted. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose the other big news that happened this week was uh, the the BAFTAs happened. Yes. Was it the BAFTAs? Because... All I kept seeing was the British Film Awards, not the British Film and Television Awards. Is there, are they two separate things or are they the same thing? I don't know. I don't know what the British Film Awards... BAFTA is the British Academy of Film and Television Awards. Yeah, that's. I'm, maybe I'm getting confused, but yeah, I didn't see who won what. Argo well, got some stuff? Yeah, Argo won Best Film and Best Director. Yeah. Um, I think it won four awards overall. Outstanding British Film was Skyfall. Isn't it the first um, time it's ever won an award? A Bond film has won an award? It, it might well be, actually. I, I, I'm not too sure. To be honest, it wasn't really up against much. Anna Karina, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Les Mis and Seven Psychopaths. I didn't see Seven Psychopaths, but I, I really wanted to. But yeah, I want to see that. I like all the cast. So. Yeah, me too. But I, I haven't seen any of the other ones. I don't really intend to. So, yeah, Skyfall won that. 
Have you seen Skyfall yet? No, I still uh, not. Well, I'll see it when it comes out in DVD. There's... 18th of February. Okay. So next week. I'll check it out then. Cool. Best actor, Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. Yeah. Not surprised there. Best supporting actor, Christopher Waltz for Django Unchained. Yeah. No, no surprises there. Leading actress was Emmanuel Riva from Amour. I haven't seen that. Uh, neither have I, but um, apparently she was very good in that. Best supporting actress, Anne Hathaway for Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Best animated film, Brave, your favourite. <laughs> and it was also nice to see uh, the for the two screenplay awards, Tarantino won Best Original <coughs> Screenplay for Django and yep. Best Adapted Screenplay was David O. Russell for Several Lennings Playbook. What was Brave up against, I don't know? Uh, there were only three nominees in that category, yep. Brave, Frank and Weenie and Paranorman for Best Animated oh, Film. I haven't seen the other two, but Frank and Weenie must have been better than Brave. You reckon? Was Tim Burton? Well, you don't like Tim Burton. I don't do like you? Tim Burton, <laughs> Uh, the other award that I was really glad to see getting handed out was the the Rising Star Award, mm-hmm. and that was won by Juno Temple, um, who's a really good British actress. She was in The Dark Knight Rises, you know, Catwoman's kind of like blonde, shorter, oh, yeah, flatmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most probably one of the more famous things she's been in. But she's been in been in a ton of um, little independent movies and stuff. But she, yeah, she's a really great actress, so it was good nice. to see her get uh, get an award. And just following on from the BAFTAs as well, apparently in an interview backstage, Quentin Tarantino's hinted that there might be a third possible film mm. to follow Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained what in a kind of rewriting be? history yeah. thing. What would you think it would be? Well, I don't know. I was trying to think of some... Um, might be anything English-based. No. Although it'd be really fun to see him tackle Britain the Thatcher years, I reckon. <laughs> but I don't know. The moon landings? That would be amazing. Well, or, what would he do in the moon landings? I don't know. Maybe Hitler's involved somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> or Cool Runnings. Imagine if the Quentin Tarantino version of Cool Runnings. That would be incredible. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was quite exciting. And the last piece of movie news from this week that got me really excited was reading into the Alan Partridge movie. Very excited about this. Are you not a Partridge fan? No, not really. I don't really see what, what? this is about. Partridge is easily one of the best British comedy characters of all time. Uh, that, that is a stretch. It's not a stretch. He's up there with like... David Brent or Basil Fawlty or any of these other ones. No, 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 no. So funny. <laughs> I love Partridge. But anyway, I'll just do this for me and the people that are interested uh-huh. in listening. You don't have to listen to this. <laughs> I'll, I'll carry on eating my lunch while you're doing uh, it. They're currently filming in Norfolk and it's due to be released in the summer. The plot is very much under wraps. Um, but what we do know is that it will follow Partridge's attempts to try and resurrect his broadcasting career while, and, and this is, the only official statement so far, while negotiating a potentially violent turn of events at Norwich Norfolk Digital Radio, which to me <laughs> sounds like a kind of cross between Alan Partridge and Die Hard, which could potentially be the greatest <laughs> film ever. All the regular cast from the TV, TV series are returning, so Lynn, his PA, Michael, the Geordie, Dave Clifton, the rival DJ from Radio Norwich, and also Tim Key, who's his like kind of studio partner, on-air partner from the most recent Mid Morning Matters series on YouTube. I haven't watched any of Partridge. Never, no. really. That That's so sad. You <laughs> have to watch Partridge. It is the funniest thing. But also joining on for the film are Sean Pertwee, who mm-hmm. we talked about the other week, from Dog Soldiers in Equilibrium, yep. and Colm Meany, the Irish actor who's in Lair Cake and Con Air. Um, is he the one that plays Mad-Eye Moody in the Harry Potter films? Big no, Mad that's Eye. Brendan Gleeson. Oh, right, yeah. I know the name, but... I'm remember. impressed that I knew that because I haven't even seen the Harry Potter movies yeah, that he's yeah. in, so... No, Colin Meany, you know the one in Layer Cake, the kind of short, stocky one with kind of frizzy hair? No. Okay, well, that's Colin Meany. Right. Um, so he'll be in it, so that's quite quite a coup as well. So, 
Yeah. Excellent. Exciting stuff. Any new trailers that you've seen? Do you know, I haven't really watched anything uh, this week at all, which has been a bit of a shame. I think the, the only film that I really wanted to see that came out this week was Hitchcock, which I already saw yep. at an advanced screening the week before. So I'll see definitely this weekend because Die Hard's out and stuff oh, yes. like that. I'll make sure I go and see that and check it out. Um, but now I haven't really seen any trailers apart from the... I can't even remember the name of it, but there is a new Will Smith movie coming out, mm. which stars him and his son. M. Not Shamlin. Oh, was it M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah. Oh, no That's way. I was you yesterday. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The trailer's really good. Do you know, for all the crap he gets, I actually really quite like M. Night Shyamalan, yep. Shyamalan film. Yep. M. Night Shyamalan? M. Shyamalan Night. You know, even the ones that get panned. Obviously, the one that everybody remembers is The Sixth Sense. Yeah. I think I'd see, heard so much about that. I didn't actually enjoy that as much as the others, but I, I really like The Village. Unbreakable's really good. Unbreakable. There was a film that he, I don't think he directed, but he produced called Devil, which was yeah. really good. It's about five people in a lift and one of them's the devil. I didn't watch The Last Airbender. No, I, I, I didn't see that. I, I didn't see thing. The Happening either. That got pretty no, awful. It's all, right. it's all right. It has got Zoe Deschanel in it, so I might check <laughs> that one out at some point. Here's a movie trivia question for you. How many films has Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson been in together? Uh, we've got Pulp Fiction, Unbreakable. I'm just trying to think of other Bruce Willis movies. It's easier doing it that way. What else have we got? Die Hard with a Vengeance, yeah, of course. There you go. <laughs> um, I don't know the answer. I just see if you can get more than I care. Well, that's three. Now, three is all I can think of just no, I now. I think it's probably three. It might be four, but I don't know what the other there one is. There might be more than that. I don't know. But yeah, that was, but the trailer, I think he and his son are the only two people that are, they've arrived back on Earth and it's deserted and it's hostile. And yeah. It's a post-apocalyptic movie, so that that, that that looks like it could be quite. It looks good. a little bit similar to that Tom Cruise one, Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, that looked quite good yeah. as well. Actually, I liked that. I saw the trailer for Monsters University. Oh, cool! I haven't yeah. really heard that much about that. It's basically a prequel to Monsters Inc. Cool. Um, it looks amazing. The actual quality of the graphics and all that, but I don't know what the story is. Yeah. Yet. Is it obviously presume the same cast, Billy Crystal and John Goodman, and all yep, that? Yeah, all the same cast, and they can bring back all the old cast as well that have got. Either removed or killed off in there. No one got killed off in Monsters Inc. Yeah. Um, so you do see shots of Randall, Steve Buscemi's character. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So well, I don't know if he's in it. You just see him in a shot. Cool. But I don't know what it's going to be about or what, the, yeah, what the revenge part of the movie will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Did you get to see any films this week, just at home or anything? No, we started watching Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. I, I have no idea where that comes in there. The, that's, number, the that's the penultimate film. That's the one that was they split into two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, this is the first one where Rafe Fiennes is properly acting in it as he who must not be named. Yeah. Because mm. the rest of the time he's just sort of having a fight. But there's a scene um, where they're all gathered, all the bad guys are gathered around a table, mm. and he sort of someone walks, um, Alan Rickman walks in. He says, "Oh, come in, Severus, come and sit down." And you think, "Oh, he's all being all goody and nice," and then he just turns into a bit of a badass at the end mm. he's, um, he, he did quite well in that just that one scene he was quite evil and I, having seen him in real life and walked past him he's very meek in real really? life I think I could take him in a fight <laughs> <laughs> I remember someone uh, photoshopped a picture of me without a nose and said <laughs> look who you look like I was like thanks very much <laughs> <Charming>. <laughs> 
Uh, I only managed to see one film at home this week and it was awful. Um, a Fantastic Fear of Everything. Is it not good? No. Oh. It's really, I was hoping it'd be really, really good disappointing. Simon Pegg in it. Well, exactly. I mean, I totally love Simon Pegg and uh, he himself is actually quite good in the lead. Yeah. But it's just the most bizarre story and the best way that I can think of describing it is like it feels like a hybrid between a weird episode of The Mighty Bush. Yeah and psycho or something like that or someone who's just desperately trying to be alfred hitchcock and it's just like this bizarre weird thing thing yeah it's just um it's directed by the lead singer of cooler shaker yeah that's right which is a bit odd yeah crispin something crispin mills that's it yeah to be honest he should just stick to trying to make music (laughs) 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 um yeah it's definitely one to miss Mm -hmm. i I didn't really like it at all i completely forgotten about that film i did want to watch it but if it's rubbish, I won't bother. No, it's rubbish. I'll go, and watch I'll go and watch some Kung Fu instead. Definitely. After I've watched um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, that one. The Wizard, the Wizard of Oz. Of Oz that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you still haven't watched that yet? No, still haven't I'm going to say that every week until you actually watch it. And you will get very bored of it because I'm never going to watch it. Never say never. I mean, you don't know the day or the hour when somebody's going to snatch you from behind, <laughs> bolt you into a chair and force you to watch it. You're quite right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this week's episode of the Movie Digest. I've been JQ. And I've been Finn. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.